Hello everyone, this is Jennifer Bryant and welcome to the Practical Family Podcast where we are building strong foundations and healthy homes. Today on the podcast, we have Sarah Johnsgard, who has been with us before. She is our resident nutrition writer. She wrote our Living Whole series. So you can read more about Sarah's story there by clicking on the link in the show notes. And today I've invited her to come back to talk to us about practical ways that we can have easy nutrition when we're a busy family. It's so difficult to find time and resources and foods, especially for those of us who live in urban communities. We All we tend to know is the grocery store. And so Sarah is here to talk to us about healthy food alternatives and resources that she has found for her busy family. And she's homeschooling three of her kids. So join us today for Easy Nutrition for Busy Families with Sarah Johnsgard. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. I'm so excited to talk with everyone. Oh, now this is not the first time that Sarah Johnsgard has been on with us because about, uh, well, a few months ago now, Practical Family actually produced a Living Whole series that Sarah actually wrote. She was one of my contributing writers for that. And then down the road a little bit, we kind of figured out, you know what? Sarah was putting a lot more time into writing than she was really comfortable with. And talking, we found, is our strong suit together. Like, we could be on the phone just talking about family stuff forever, right? I mean, do you agree that writing wasn't really (laughs) the the direction you wanted to go? Yeah, totally. I much prefer uh, being able to chat over having to write. It's hard with three little ones underfoot. Yes, right. And so you have three young kids, and this is the year that you actually decided to start homeschooling, right? Uh, We did, and it has been the best decision, best decision we've ever made. Oh, so awesome. I I look forward to talking to you more about that later, too. But I wanted to bring you back on to... A practical family because you are sort of our resident nutrition expert right now <laughs> because what you do and what no you, pressure no pressure no pressure but what you do and what you work on um, in your own life has a lot to do with nutrition and actually I'm going to link back to the first article that you wrote for me on practical family about how real food revitalized your family now how has has nutrition become a thing for you um, you know, it's kind of been a long journey, and I think everyone could say that about food, you know, because we come back to the table multiple times a day or to the pantry. Um, but, you know, when I was growing up, I was living with um, a member who was struggling with drug addiction, and food was just totally an afterthought, and I really had to take care of myself. And so I really grew to have a disdain for packaged foods, and the things that I remembered from my childhood. And so as I grew into an adulthood, I really started looking at food and what were my options because I wanted, you know, all the opposites of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about four or five years ago, we hit some health struggles in our family. Um, with my son, he was having some, my middle son was having some stomach issues, lots of frequent constipation, and I was actually diagnosed with um, vestibular migraine. So I get vertigo and migraine together or separately. So those two things really forced us to look at um, 
our whole life. Like, what were we putting in our body? Medicine, supplements, vitamins. What were we eating? You know, how were we living? Were we exercising? Um, because, you know, I was a mom with two small kids, and, and I was in my mid-20s, and I was totally debilitated. I was totally laid up. Yeah. And I knew that I couldn't live like that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, it was hard work, and it took commitment. Um, and I'm still on that journey. You know, we make choices every day when we put something in our mouth. So we're always evolving and changing and learning and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the catalyst for us, the real catalyst that made us say, we've got to do something different. Um, it was about four or five years ago when mm-hmm. we were diagnosed. So. Wow. And so, I mean, y- you were diagnosed with these things and you're, and one of your children, how did your husband respond to this change that all of a sudden had to take place in his family. I mean, was it hard to get everybody on board? Yeah, it was. It was because for us, the trigger we found out uh, was dairy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems like every young family, especially you live off of dairy. I mean, I was eating multiple bowls of cereal a day. That was like my go-to snack. We were eating yogurt for breakfast and eating string cheese. It was like you know, so easy to throw some string cheese in lunch boxes. So that was, that seemed honestly like our world was over. And I know that seems dramatic, but when you've got little people and a husband and they're looking for you, you know, looking to you to feed them multiple times a day, you're kind of like, mm. what, what is out there that doesn't have dairy in it? So my husband was not thrilled and it was definitely a journey over about six months for us to, find milk alternatives that we liked, finding things to really get into our groove where I wasn't going back to recipes that were like lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, so, pasta um, has got cheese in it, right? Hello. It's what's man, yes, but once he, once, you know, like we, he started eating with less cheese, then when we would eat cheese, his stomach would hurt. Mm-hmm. And so then he was like, okay, I'm willing to get on board because I see that if it can cause this reaction in you, then maybe it's causing a reaction in me and I'm just not feeling it the same way and I feel better. So um, it was a process for sure. It wasn't like he was happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and that's so honest. I mean, I'm so glad that you're able to to attest to that because the, the, more than anything, even even moms who want to try a new diet, you know, like, like there was one point when I wanted to do all paleo, and, and I still got a lot of benefit about uh, out of the paleo diet, the high-protein, low-carb thing. But, uh, you know, I wanted to go all or nothing. I wanted to throw out all the the stuff right away and just start fresh. And, and <laughs> you can't do that when you live with other people. <laughs> you know? It's not that easy. So, so the process of getting people on board, I mean, you had a, a you know, a health catalyst that, that started that one, but but just wanting to live a healthier lifestyle, I'm finding that it sort of needs to be more incremental than than anything. You mm-hmm. try little things and you you slowly add or slowly take away or whatever's needed. But but it's good to know that you know that everybody in the family had to have their own experience with it, right? Yes, totally. And I love what you said about incremental. That's like. I think that that is how you guarantee your success. This is this is like a silly little fact about myself, but I will not watch any of those movies on Netflix like um, What the Health or Cowspiracy because <laughs> I know myself, and I will go in and I will purge our entire pantry and everybody will be starving. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I already have enough mom guilt, and there's already enough options on my plate. Um, 
slow and steady is the way for us. Like, it's always been, besides the dairy thing, which because of where we were at with our health, that everything else has always been a small, a small, small step. Because I've got three kids with three totally different palates and a husband and, yeah. and myself even. You know, we have to slowly integrate things into our diets. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, for us, what has worked best and how I can how I can make long-term health choices for us and not just a, like, I got in a, I got on a whim, decided to do this, bought all this food, and then it just didn't stick because I didn't have a why. I didn't have a real reason behind it mm-hmm. or a plan to keep that in place for our family. Right, exactly. And what we talk a lot about at Practical Family is the foundation. If you're going to lay a foundation for your family and you're going to live your values and do certain things, you have to have a reason. There has to be an undergirding principle that you're following because you can get so lost in the details because we are so much an informational society that will we'll follow this trend and that trend and that piece of information. And there's always new information out there right but if you come back to the core of okay you know god made food he made you know the most natural source of food like the the closest to the source type of food that you can eat an apple versus apple juice is healthier you know what i mean like so just just educating our kids about nutrition in general is you know is going to be the foundation for how we eat and so that's why i wanted to to bring you on to talk about these things because because the members of our family are affected by our choices. So then how did you how did you get your kids to start making better choices? I mean, they fought you, right? I mean, don't tell me it was like all unicorns and ponies in this area because I know kids. I've got kids. <laughs> if only. <laughs> right? How if did only. You get your kids if to only. But out? I do have to say, <laughs> yeah, I do have to say, like, um, our two-year-old has given us a run for our money, and she is <laughs> It's only it were so easy. But um, some of the things that I think have really helped our family make those choices and to help our kids make those choices for themselves because, like, we all know, you can't make your kids do anything, mm-hmm. and I can't make them eat. You know, sometimes, even still, it's like the, the staring contest, you know, of, like, you're going to sit here for the rest of the day until you eat that broccoli, you know, or you're going to eat that bowl of cereal and you get nothing else for the rest of your life. (laughs) So, you know, they have to start making those decisions. So for us, we start the conversation about food. So if I, you know, what I was finding out about dairy, like my kids were young, like I think Owen was probably three and a half. So Cole was, I don't know, they're two and a half years apart. So Cole was a year. We were talking about it. Like, I would just mention what I knew about dairy. Now, we'll talk about, well, what does spinach do? What does kale do? What does quinoa do? Why are we making that choice? We talk about marketing, which sounds really funny, but well, they go to the grocery store with me. So we talk about why I say no to a lot of the things that yes. they used to ask for because yes. they're put at their level at the grocery store. They have mm-hmm. characters on them to entice them. But when we look at a label, nutritionally, there's really nothing in it. And that has been, honestly, the most pivotal thing. And I want to say this to moms who are saying, well, I don't know anything about food, but I didn't either. Mm-hmm. You know, I look, I've had to look things up on the internet. Or you see those, you know, funny stories that will pop up on your Facebook, you know, and it's like, why well, kale is a superfood. So, you know, I do spend a little bit of time reading those things when they pop up or 
you know, I'll hear about a new food trend and I'll look into it. Mm-hmm. And it may go off into a rabbit trail, but really educating ourselves and our kids about food, I think it's helped us make the biggest change. It doesn't mean they're always on board with it. Um, but then part of it is that we just don't really give them an option. We really limit what we have in the house. It, we try to make good choices. And where we're always going to go back to is the pantry, right? So we've got to start in our pantry, what we're going to let in the house. We don't have, like, this is mommy and daddy's food and this is your food. Mm -hmm. We're setting the example for them so they see we're eating the same things that they're eating and that they're eating the same things that we're eating. So I make one dinner, and that's your option. You get one breakfast, you know, and that's your option. Um, So I think that 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 has helped us a lot, um, starting that conversation. Oh, wow. That, that's perfect. It, and it really does come back to education. Again, families, foundation. The foundation of your life starts in your home. And as young parents, even if we didn't grow up with, with a certain standard that, that we want to follow now, we can still create that. And there's support out there. I mean, this podcast is, is the whole reason that I wanted to even start this, to, to have a resource to help other families join in with what other families are struggling with and what their victories have been. So I love, Sarah, that you're talking about education coming from you. We are the source of of that. Don't give them another option, limiting their options, making one dinner, not catering to them, not being, you know, this isn't a restaurant. You know, we are, you're going to eat what you're served, you know, and gratefulness hopefully coming from that. And we'll talk more about gratefulness coming closer to Thanksgiving because that's another huge topic in parenting, of course. But um, but I love how you, you were intentional about even talking to them about marketing. I will say the same thing to my kids too. But I want it, but it's pretty, but it has, you know, Hello Kitty on it or something. It has, it has something I like. I go, honey, that's marketing. And I use that word, marketing. That's sales. They're selling you a product, okay? That's consumerism. They're, they're wanting you to buy it. So they have to recognize the bigger picture. They, they may not need to understand every facet of, <laughs> of that, but it's part of their education, right? Why I choose the foods because it's here in front of me. Now, you actually have inspired a whole nother, um, uh, it, you're, you're part of the movement of actually encouraging families to grow their own food, right? You, you do yes. tower gardens, and that is a cool thing, too. We've, and, and we've uh, highlighted that in our Living Whole series. You guys can take a look at what Sarah has to say about tower gardens over there in more specifics. But how have you brought that concept of growing your own food into your home with your kids? You know, it really goes back to that education piece. So when we're growing something, we're talking about it. Like, why Why are we growing this? What are the health benefits? How can we use this food? How can we utilize the resources that we have? Why do we grow food? For us, it's super important to be growing our own food because we are like just these old souls, my husband and I. And we see that growing food is becoming a lost art. Our food is not grown in a way that is beneficial to us anymore, that our food is grown to look a certain way in the grocery store, it doesn't hold the same nutritional value, you know, they grow food now to be shelf-stable, and the list goes on and on and on, but that really, um, I heard this startling statistic uh, last summer, and they were saying 
that in about 10 years, the average age of the farmer will be 65. And we have no millennials going into farming. Wow. And, you know, maybe farming's never been on your radar, but you eat every day. And we depend on our farmers, and there's nobody going into it because it's not lucrative. Most farmers, more than 50% of farmers don't walk away with a profit. Mm-hmm. And so we realize that it's so important to teach our kids that one day they may need to take care of themselves. And that isn't it such a fulfilling thing to be able to put a tiny, tiny, tiny seed in the ground and watch this giant plant come out of it? Like, <laughs> yes. We, yes. we just can't. It, it baffles me, even still every season when we plant something coming out and looking at it every day. So by no means am I a master gardener. I really I love tower gardens because they're a lazy man's garden. <laughs> we are a very, very busy family, and I don't have time. I don't understand how all the soil works, and we don't necessarily have the ideal yard for it. So we do grow in our tower, and we do grow in the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. But for the kids to be able to make that connection between our food, that food actually comes from the ground, that it's a labor, that it's something to appreciate and respect because it takes so long to grow it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing that we can pass along. Oh, absolutely. So now that you do that type of thing with your family, let's talk about when you when you purpose to prepare food from scratch versus, you know, the, the, the boxed and the canned things that that are preserved for the shelves of the store, like you're saying. Now, when you prepare things from scratch, I mean, my question is, who who, who has time for that? And when do you find the time, especially now that you're homeschooling? So what would your advice be then to, to create um, nutritional opportunities when you're a busy family? Like, what did you have to pre- prioritize life in a different way or, or what? Yeah, yes. That, yes, the answer is I don't, like, I don't have time. I want to be clear. I think sometimes we can have this idea that people who eat healthy spend all day in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I spend all day in the kitchen because I have three kids. I mean, regardless <laughs> of where you're at in life and what you're eating, it kind of seems like we end up making this permanent place in the kitchen. But I don't have time, and I really had to make our schedule work for us. So in our family, my husband works from the afternoon to the evening, so he's not here at dinner time. So dinner time is bananas for us. So for me, I really focus on feeding us a good meal for breakfast and for lunch. That's one I really focus on. Mm. You know, if I can make something from scratch and really put, you know, like all the good things I know into these meals, that's where it's going. And I wanted to tell people know that you don't have to be stuck in that trap that dinner has to look like this bountiful feast every night because <laughs> yeah. it's so not. There are many, many, many nights when I give the kids eggs or I give them cereal because it's just like the witching hour. Um, but <laughs> I, my yeah, recommendations yeah. for like how do you how do you find time to do it is one, it's taken the season, but I keep really. I keep a lot of basics on hand. So I may run out of fresh fruit all the time, and I may run out of vegetables, but I will keep things like carrots and celery and onion and chicken stock on hand because I can always throw together a soup. I'll keep different grains on hand that I can mix with. Maybe I have pesto from Costco, so I'll keep like quinoa um, on hand in the bulk, you know, in a big bulk bag. Mm-hmm. So I have to have a well-stocked kitchen so that 
when it's 4.45 and I go, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about dinner at all. I have things on hand that I can just whip up. Um, you know, maybe when, like on a Sunday, I will make a double batch of muffins and I'll put tons of goodies in them and I can give you my my favorite, favorite muffin recipe. They go like gangbusters in our house. But, yes, um, please, recipes. Those, <laughs> they, they are so good. We even eat them for dinner. But, you know, it's making a double batch. Um, I don't have the lifestyle where I could cook all day Sunday and make all of our deals, uh, meals for a month. So for me, I focus on things like we'll get um, like Alaskan salmon patties from Costco. Mm-hmm. So then I will make things from scratch. Like maybe I'll roast potatoes and I'll um, saute some broccoli. But it's like semi-homemade. You know, I have to find that balance. I can't do everything. I can't do everything on my own. And I think that, quite honestly, it's really impractical for most of us. We're running to and fro from things. A lot of us are working full-time. We don't have that. So it's finding those those pieces that will work for you that uh, someone's already done the work. You know, maybe when you go to Trader Joe's, you find the bag of already chopped mixed veggies mm-hmm. so you can make stir-fries with it. Sure. Maybe you're find, finding the frozen rice mix, and that's going to save you 30 minutes. But what can you contribute to that that's homemade? What can you contribute that's going to add a lot of nutritional density, but also you find that middle ground with your time? Mm. I love it. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's not like you need to pull all your vegetables out of the ground and, like, that's the real from scratch. No, like, it's you can get stuff pre-prepared, and there are it, it is okay to take those quote-unquote shortcuts because, realistically, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, so, I'm sorry. But so, so it's the, it, it's, it's identifying that, and I'm so glad that you're helping folks with me to identify this um, this in between you know what it really looks like for busy families but but it comes down to the choices of the food I mean as long as you understand what you know the preservatives and and it, if it's not you know the best version that you can find of the freshest you know thing then the next best is what is already chopped veggies or or whatever you can throw together to still have a nutritious meal for your family. And I love what you said, that dinner doesn't have to be a bountiful feast. <laughs> like, dinner doesn't have yeah. to look like what it looks like in, like, you know, the, the, in the Norman Rockwell <laughs> paintings of Thanksgiving, yes. you know? It's, it's simple. It's just getting food in their bodies and, and encouraging them to, oh, what, what is that phrase? Maybe people overuse it now, but I'm going to say it anyway. The whole, like, like, eating to live versus living to eat, right? We're just, we're feeding their yeah. bodies so that they have energy. And so we have energy and that we're not overdoing it on the sugar and the stuff that drains us, you know, just being educated, right? Right. And, I, you know, I just think it's important for people to know, like, cooking does take time. It does. There are things that I have to prioritize. Like, sometimes that means that I start dinner at nap time, so then I just have to, like, reheat it at dinner time, like, mm-hmm. yes, it's going to take more time, maybe, but I always tell myself, I'm going to pay the time somewhere, so I'm either going to pay the time now and make food, or our family's going to experience a lot of health issues, and I'm going to pay a lot of time going to the doctors or having sick days and having to make up for that, so for us, we just had to make that decision about where we were going to spend that time. 
Oh, that's so good. Where am I going to spend the time doing this? Exactly. Exactly. That, in, that time investment is, is everything for our family anyway, right? How we choose to spend it with them or for them or preparing things for them, whether it's preparing meals or cleaning the house. Like really, home, basic homemaking, domesticated homemaking stuff, it, you don't have to be perfect at it. You just, you just got to make time to make your house a home for your family. Oh, I love that. So as we close then, Sarah, um, I want to go back to a couple of the, the, the mission statements of Practical Family, which in the first couple episodes I talked about the, the importance of health and the four facets of health, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. So even as you've already said, the physical, how it's affected your, your health overall, you know, uh, your, your headaches are better, your, your, you guys aren't as tired as you were before, you have more energy, you know, and it's the food choices. So mental then, how has that affected you mentally, like in your ability to think and stuff? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You wouldn't think that your food choices would affect that, but I feel like we have so much more clarity and we have energy to do things, and that energy plays itself into helping my mental my mental angst because I felt like we were wasting our lives, to be quite honest. We would put our kids to bed at 7.30, and we were exhausted. We just were not living life, and I just had this, more inside my brain of like this can't be it like if parenting was this hard and was just this draining then nobody would do it like why do people keep making babies and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know once we changed our diet and we got more energy then it really helped with our mental clarity because we had energy to do things and then I wasn't feeling so angst and anxious all the time and felt like we were kind of wasting away oh so good it lessens anxiety doesn't it that's gold right there. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. And then so emotional. We can close the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so that it, it feeds into the emotional health, right? I mean, you, you probably see your kids differently. Has it affected your marriage at all? So funny. That's what, yes. Yes, that would, like, the one thing that I think it has affected our relationship um, with food and with each other so much because we have so much more to give each other. Like, mm. you know. Let's call it what it is. Parenting, parenting can be so challenging, and it can be exhausting. And you know, there are families out there with certain particular parenting things going on. Like maybe you have a colicky baby, and that's so challenging. And you're in, you're in the thick of it right now. You're in the thick of it. But emotionally, we are doing so much better because we feel better. We're not, you know, we're able to embrace life. It's been so much fun um, being able to homeschool. We we ride our bikes every day and what that does for us like we have the energy to ride our bikes and what riding our bikes getting that fresh air does for us it's just this really cool compound effect and our relationship with food has really evolved we don't feel like we use it as a crutch as much I mean Mm-hmm. I did post on Facebook today that I frequently hide in the garage and eat vanilla mochi. <laughs> but it's real life, like but I'm not but I'm not as dependent on food and I have a much better relationship. I don't feel like food controls me as much where I feel like I'm eating all these things and I don't understand what I'm eating and why I'm eating it, yeah. why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. If I start to feel a certain way I know a lot of times that there's something probably that I could correct in my diet, and it will 
most of the time clear up when I'm feeling physically, mentally, or emotionally. Yes, amen. And and that leads right into the spiritual, right? Like how we're responding in everyday life and how we respond to our creator. What is, uh, tie that all together for us, please. Yeah, you know, I just feel like we're, we're doing the right thing, the responsible thing, the thing that God created us for is to give Him glory with our bodies, to really honor Him by eating well, mm-hmm. by doing something that respects. And, you know, I think you're responsible for what you know. And so we just got into the place where we found out a lot about food, and as we've researched it more, we found greater responsibility to make better choices, not only for ourselves, but to be a good steward to show for our kids to show them an example, because just like we're growing up, we're raising our kids up to follow the Lord, to love the Lord, to have this relationship with Him, and to teach our kids to be adults. It's also our responsibility to teach them how to have a relationship with food. You know, I think um, we can run into a lot of pitfalls with that when we send them out without that knowledge. So it's mm-hmm. really, just feels like, it just feels so right. It feels like we are doing our part to teach our kids to be a good steward of what God's provided for us, mm-hmm. but then also to care for our bodies, and we're not we're not neglecting that part of what we're doing in our parenting. Yes, absolutely. And you know, and I, and I can see, we can do a whole other podcast episode on this alone. We, we might just do that, actually, about how, how making good food choices and learning to cook at home actually helps you financially. So talk about preparing your kids financially to not be spending most of their paycheck on eating out or or whatever, you know, that that also is another side effect of of balancing nutrition in the home. And I love it. I love that um, that we're able to give that to them. So, oh, well, it's been incredible. It's always an awesome time talking with you, Sarah. I just, oh, I, I, you're so far away in Colorado from where I am right now, but you're so close. And I know that your heart is here for Hawaii as well, that you guys used to live here as well. And, and, um, I can't wait to see you in person again, but thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, and I just want to just cheer on those moms that, you know, in the beginning of your journey, you are doing a good job. I don't think we get told that enough, that we're doing a really good job, mm-hmm. so yes. keep it up. Keep I'm it so up. glad that you joined us on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, this has been Practical Family, talking about easy nutrition for busy families and uh, we've been talking with Sarah Johnsgard. Sarah is actually with uh, Juice Plus and Tara Gardens as well so I'll be including her links on the show notes as well as her muffin recipe when she sends that to me and um, and also some uh, ki- some kitchen appliances that that you will absolutely love that'll make preparing meals a lot easier. So again, this has been Practical Family with Jennifer Bryant, where we are encouraging families to build strong foundations and healthy homes.